0: assalamu alaikum guys and welcome back it's your girl mona it's been a very long time actually there have been so many things happening over the last few months we're in a pandemic guys as if you guys don't know it's been like nearly four months and we're still here y'all life has been shambles 2020 is already one of the shittiest years i'm not gonna lie <laughs> Subhanallah. But I've been on a little hiatus to gather my thoughts because they've just been scattered with everything that's been happening and in this episode i'm just going to talk about a range of things that have been a topic of discussion recently i apologize to the fans because it's going to be kind of all over the place and going back and forth between topics though they do link somewhat and please do not come for me do not ask me i don't want to hear it i said what i said <laughs> these are mainly my opinions y'all take it with a bit of salt and we can have healthy discussions like adults, you know. I like to keep things light-hearted and to the point, have a seat, relax. You're allowed to laugh and hopefully it'll also be a bit thought-provoking. Now, I am back on my Mena trash bicycle. Like, why not? Who gonna check me though? Because y'all are moving mad and it needs to be addressed again there are so many issues with misogyny and male privilege. We have the infamous male gaze, for example. This is the disgusting action where men like to visually objectify women. Somehow, this is often justified with the belief that men are slaves to their libidos. No, let's discuss the real dangers of objectification and how men should take more responsibility for their actions okay so before we're gonna hop on the privilege by one bargain what does privilege mean whether that's male privilege or white privilege let's define what it means firstly so we're all on the same page privilege is the entitlement and unearned advantage of a person or a particular group of people being a black woman defines many of my interactions Though so these two are separate identities, often they always come together and interact on a daily basis. As a black person, there is a deep level of oppression that we experience. And then on the other hand, being a woman <laughs> has proven that we don't have the same high level of privilege. Of many, being a man, the joys You guys know, <laughs> I love to... Throw some psychology in there, whatever we discuss, I'm back at it again. I'm actually a little gassed because I'm about to make a point guys here and I need you to deep how real white privilege is. Thus, my dear friends, I'd like to introduce Colin's theory of three privileged assumptions, these being competence, worthiness and innocence. Firstly, imagine... Having to worry about being approached by law enforcement, simply being a black person in a public setting, this is a prime example of no assumption of innocence. It is automatically assumed that there's something up, just you being black, walking around at night. Okay, let that sink in. Secondly, my second scenario is shopping in a high-end retail establishment where the salesperson either ignores you or worse gives you the can i help you look assuming you're not able to shop there this is another example of no assumption of worthiness as if we are not capable or worthy of shopping in a high-end retail store why are all black people broke thirdly In a professional setting, it appears that often we are having to prove things that our white counterparts are assumed to be capable of based on their professional judgment. And this is another great example of no assumption of competence. You assume that I lack the competence just because I'm black. We've gone to the same school. We have the same degree, but I'm less competent. It must be nice walking at night or even during the day without being worried of being sexually assaulted or shrug off the effects of being objectified. It appears (laughs) to be true when they say we live in a man's world because it's built to cater to their needs. Now, positions of leadership are often measured through masculinity where it's expected of them to be aggressive, to be persistent And I think we have to understand that male privilege is still present and it's so important to reduce the toxicity of these interactions. Think about your privilege, whether this is white privilege or male privilege. Think about how you can build awareness and how that might be supportive of people with less privilege. Think about how it might feel to build this awareness, how uncomfortable it will be at first talking about your privilege. And we're not saying it's your fault, but you have to acknowledge that this privilege is there and how freeing it would be to grow from this. Now, how often have you ever thought to yourself did you really just say that? You're pretty sure it's not a compliment, but at the same time, you don't want to come across sensitive. How should we respond to microaggressions? Should we just let it slide or address it head on? So before we get into that, what are microaggressions? Simply said, microaggressions are discriminatory comments often disguised as compliments. This is usually towards marginalized groups of people be it as a result of their race, gender, sexual orientation, disability, or your religion. An example of this, complimenting an ethnic minority as surprisingly intelligent or well-spoken with the famous phrase, you speak really good English. Bro, the amount of times I felt like boxing people after this, Even when it's addressed that this is a derogatory comment, people still argue that it comes from a good place and not meant to be an insult. So why does it still feel uncomfortable? I feel like some things should just not be said out loud. Let that thought creep in, then swallow it and move along. Do I come up to you and say, oh, you're walking surprisingly well today, Karen. Where did you learn to do that? (laughs) Do you hear how ridiculous that sounds? It's a basic necessity. Just because there are people who don't speak English very well, which is also fine because it's not their first language, does not mean all foreign folks struggle the same way. Move away from the stereotype people. Another one of my favourite not so subtle microaggression is when a white person clutches their bags with their life when a black person approaches. This is a non-verbal assumption of criminality. There are so many to be named. You've got the can I touch your hair or you sound white for a black person or you don't look gay. Stuff like that. It just baffles me that someone is just so comfortable and confident saying that to another human being. There are a few things we have to keep in mind here. People don't realize the cognitive physiological and psychological effects that microaggressions produces every time that someone receives a demeaning and undermining comment the brain releases a chemical similar to when the body experiences physical pain this repeatedly stresses our body and impairs our productivity just so you know hurtful comments makes people lazy so (laughs) bear that in mind next time you're (laughs) stunted Realistically, we are all biased human beings. It's impossible to eliminate microaggressions completely. Our unconscious bias plays an important role in how we interact with others, how we process our assumptions, and eventually how we communicate our microaggressions the correct way. You can do this by being more aware of them and ultimately slowly learning to catch our biases before they become actions or comes out of our mouth. I hope you guys found this somewhat informative or at the very least I've amused you guys with this little rant. The most important message I'd like to convey from this is awareness. We need to educate ourselves on our wrongdoings. Thank you so so much for tuning in again and for your continued support. I do really really appreciate it and until next time. Bye!